simplicity. I'm much, it, well, it lacks a. Uh, it's like it's like the um, inventive. Um, it's like a layouts that um, my management had. Um, it's like this. Um, Pashaway still has his. Um, still has his wit and satire, like that. Kent has. It's like like in full force. Basically, it's about a bunch of uh, time travelers who basically find themselves stuck, like in the um, backwater that is the twenty first century, early twenty first twenty first century, our time, so to speak. So you've got like a hero who's kind of like a um, total like um total positive dude bro take on Cyclops, which is like I, I it was funny. Amusing enough as it is, it's like, and um other like and the other team members who was like the cy, like the cyborg, the, the um an- android who who has a falling out with their dude bro Cyclops leader. It's like they're um total, like they're tough, they're tough girl um team member who's um out to uh you know take, it was like kind of the strong woman for the entire team. It's like their scientist who like offers the um, like the um perspectives on um like twenty first century um. Living from a um, from a from a thirty first century perspective, it's like and their um, team psychiatrist who is really kind of useless for the most part. It's like it it's a nine issue series that kind of feels like it was meant to be a bit more, but um, even if Kent did get the message that you know like after issue say after issue six that you know hey yeah you're we're not gonna be able to do more after this, then um like it was still like. It's still pretty entertaining, and uh, I guess it's like I mean, um, Colin's art is um bright, bright, lively, and detailed, and it's um good for like the for the action and the uh, and the detail. Um, Kent doesn't do as much um like inventiveness with the um like with the comics form, it's like as he does in my management. But you know, hey, he's not writing it as well, so you know, he doesn't have complete authoritative control over the form. But it's still, it's still fun. I recommend it to um, people who like what he was doing, what he was doing in that series. This is kind of like the uh, more fun version. It's like even if like you know the uh, the ending is kind of, is just a little bit of a downer. It's like it's not as um, aggressively um, it's like I'm um, depressing as mind management was. It's like, and you know, hey, like nine bucks. So there you go. I mean, that's going to be a recurring theme here. I mean, like you get the um, price low enough, and um, my standards for appreciation will go. Will go down accordingly. Same with, um, well, Resident Alien, which is another series that I, I've been meaning to pick up in print form, but you know just haven't gotten around to. But it basically has the um, nice co- high concept as well, being an being about an alien who assumes the identity of a uh, like of an Earth doctor, um, Harry Vanderspiegel, through um, his through his um, advanced um, otherworldly tech, and then um, winds up you know helping the um, like the small town he's in, um, solve solve the murders and mysteries that crop up in the meantime. It's like I picked up the uh, the Suicide Blonde and Sam Hain mysteries, which basically involve um Harry, um dealing finding out the um mis- tell the mystery of a uh, like of a blonde, blonde traveler who um commits suicide in like in his small town, and also um unraveling the mystery of a uh, of a writer, um of like um sixties James Bond style pop boilers. These are both um, fun, like fun, entertaining mysteries. And if anyone has long enough memories to remember what I wrote about the first series, um, it's not something that would make a good movie, but it would make a, a feature film as it is. It would make a good TV movie, kind of like if anyone remembers the, like, the uh, kind of science fiction, 
science fiction genre stuff we got on Fox back in the nineties. That you know, like with the Alienation TV movies, just like you know, hey, like you know, got this alien guy um solving solving crimes in a small town. It's like, hey, you know, that'd be like a good like a good evening's fun right there. So that, and I've heard that um they are working to make um some kind of series out of the um it's like out of these books. So yeah, it's like I I find myself um thoroughly enjoy it. Um. Looking forward to that kind of prospect. Now, God knows that uh, I've also I've got um, other stuff from other companies. I mean, then there's Wraith, which is a um, miniseries from Joe Hill, um, creator of um, Lock and Key. It's like and um, Charles Paul Wilson III. Now, Wraith is a uh, suit, not quite. A th- I wouldn't want to say pseudo sequel. It's, it's kind of a spinoff to his novel Nosferatu, um, that basically um, has another group of people. Um, being whisked away to the um, malicious um, um, fantasy park known as um, Christmasland by the uh, sinister um, driver Charlie Manx. Only this time it involves a um, like a uh, like a grieving a grieving um, father who um, beat the shit out of the doctor who um, let his son die because he didn't have the proper insurance, and um, it's like and the uh, no good people he was riding with in the uh, it's like it's like. Like in the uh, police in the um, federal transport car to the like to the prison, so it's it it's like it's a fun it's a fun creepy supernatural story that that um, if nothing else really does make you want to go and read the original story that it's based on, and um and like it's it's an issue story but it also um Hill does something really clever with the um, structure in the sense that the uh, the fir- the um the 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 core the middle six issues like say issues two through seven are basically the core story of um people the, the main characters trying to survive Christmas Land, but the first and last issues are the uh, story of Charlie Manx and how he became the driver for Christmas Land, and the final issue is well, <laughs> it's the guy who it's the story of the guy who made Charlie Manx the man he is today. And that was kind of clever because I was reading this and I was thinking, you know, why don't these, um, like these, um, grifters, like, you know, get their own stories? Well, but hey, you know, it turns out, um, like Hill was, um, reading my mind right there. So good stuff right there. Like I said, I haven't read, um, Wraith. I mean, sorry, I haven't read, um, Nosferatu, but, um, I do want to read it now. So yeah, so go read Wraith. It's like, it's great stuff. And I'd say it's worth, it's worth the full digital price. Or even you know, full print price. It's like if you're if you want to go that far. Um, something that I'm kind of glad I picked up for the price it was was you know something else. And that was the um, We Stand on Guard by um, Brian Vaughn and Steve Scross. Now, hey, a new um, series from creator of Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, and Saga that I only I only was willing to plunk down six bucks for. Well, that turned out to be the smart thing. As um well. Here's the thing. Vaughn has a uh, ongoing um, predisposition, to, like you know, showing showing the futility of war, like in his works through um, Ex Machina, through the Pride of Baghdad, where he um, basically had the uh, Iraqi um, citizens, um, at, like as animal, as um, it's like as um, zoo beasts, as a lion, as a pride of lions, like as an extended metaphor. You know, and then they get shot at the end by the uh, American, by the American citizen, by the American army, 
because you know, hey, it's like they figured, hey, you know, it's like it's it's a metaphor, you know, it's like, hey, they it's like they had to die, but you know, they they died free and all. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, um, we stand on guard is basically um, Vaughn stripping away any kind of like metaphor and basically saying, hey, you know what? Maybe my audience would get it more if all the people involved in this um fight were white. Because well, he decided he hits upon the the, the not genius idea of a, a war between America and Canada. Now, anyone who's seen uh, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. It's probably been poisoned to the idea of taking a war between America and Canada completely seriously. And I gotta admit, I'm one of those two. I mean, it's like even when even you got um Scross doing some great um um action art with the uh giant mechs and the futuristic tech that he's able to cook up here. It's like the idea of just, you know, hey America fighting Canada. It's like it's it's more. It's actually just more silly than anything else, especially when, um, you like, like you just um, like um, Vaughn just can't um, can't, he has trouble finding any real new tax to take on this. I mean, yeah, there's some interesting bits like the real reason that America is um fighting Canada. It's for the water, and also the future of um. Like interrogation, hey, we're gonna get your um, we're gonna um create a VR interpretation of your dad to um threaten you with, threaten you with um raping you for the rest of your life. That that stuff is interesting, and kind of really goddamn creepy. But there's not enough of it in the uh, series to um, based to really make you go. It's like hey, you know, it's like to get you away from the fact that like it's core message is like hey, war is terrible. It's kind of fucked up, and we shouldn't do it. And like hey, like that the um. The like morality of like trying to find the who's right and who's wrong in this situation, well, it's like it's really kind of fucked up as well. But I don't know, Vaughn just can't find a new angle to um like to um really really get me to go, hey, you know, like this is bad. We should do something different. And uh, it's just you know like the same message over and over again, over again, but with um giant nexus time. I'm glad I got this for six bucks. Now, one thing I did pick up. Well, I guess just probably um, focus on wrapping this up real quick. Um, I did um, buy something new, and that would be um, Jonathan Hickman's The Black Black Monday Murders because I got there's part of a deal on it's like on it's like on um, Comicsology, and this this might be the first series I buy. Um, it's an ongoing series digitally through the or it's an ongoing series period because you know hey it's new series of Hickman each issue is like 56 pages hey i can for, even for 5 bucks that's like a nice um that's a nice deal right there and it's a good thing that this this is 56 pages because you know it's like if it had if these issues had been split up into two parts i may not have been so generous I may not have been so appreciative of it because it's basically all about the idea that you know what if all the um like the like the um, financial institutions who are, like who are um, running, controlling our existence, are basically um, secret schools of magic. It's like, it's like, and they're just like they've just been like running our lives like for the last several hundred years. So we um, come into the series like as one of their um, heads has been like has been murdered. It's like, and one of their and a prodigal um, daughter has been brought in to help um, like shore up his shore up what he was running. But we've also got a uh, detective who also has his own brand of magic and um it's like and he's also got his own thoughts on you know how 
on on um he got he's got his own insights into what what maybe I'm be happening here or is it's like his own uh, he, the way he's brought into this may be it's like a way that you know forces actual change into these organizations or tragedy we'll see but it's worth pointing out that while all the um all the characters in the main um, leaders of these famous institutions are white. Um, our detective character, um, who is um, proving to be the disruptive force here, is black. So, make what you will of this. So there you go. It's like I'll I'll be picking this up, and I'm glad that Hickman um, is doing a um, extra large format for the series with art from Tom Coker, which is um, like appropriately gritty for the situation. And to wrap this up, well. I want to talk about the one series I've I've so far rebought on on digital. And that's yes, rebought. It's like God knows I fuck I don't want to um fucking buy pay twice for the same comics unless there is significant content in the um single issue forms, like there is for Kieran Gylan and I'm um, Jimmy McKelvey's phonogram. Now, I know I've written about this both series um or I've talked. I've talked. I should have talked about this a while ago. I, talk, I know I've written about the first two series um, enough, but um, the but I re- we bought um, volumes two and three in single issue form to get at the um, B sides um, from from the series, which is basically um, like um, short comics written by Guylan, but um, from a number of creative um, creative talents, including um, the likes likes of um, Becky Cloonan. And like they, it's like, and it was absolutely worth it because like not only were the uh, like were the um, B sides um, like pretty it's like pretty informative, it's like and um, helped to further further um, expand the world of phonogram, but they but um, they also both series had um, extended um, it's like um, editorials from Guylan. I mean, I liked um, Volume Two's editorials better because he had a lot more space to run with them, but um, but I. But if you've only read the, uh, it's like the um, the trade paperbacks, like I have, it's like I'd recommend going back and um, and rebuying these, you know, once there's a sale on. In fact, I'm actually going to have to go back and rebuy the original series once there's another sale on, in order to get the um, bonus content from Volume One, because I turned out, hey, there was bonus content in Volume One as well, not just Volumes Two and Three. So there you go. That's all the crap that's on my Kindle, and you know, that's not even everything. It's like there I could honestly do another podcast about this, but you know, it's like I'll even I'll admit that just like hey, doing a podcast called What's on My Kindle, it's like does seem like a bit um self aggrandizing even if someone does his own podcast. But still, hey, you know, it's like at this point digital is the way is the way of the future. And um especially but you know, especially when um you no know, digital offers like sales on a weekly basis through a specific site. God knows, I'm probably be buying a lot more stuff, print stuff on sale. You know, Amazon was running its own sales like that, but they don't. So they just run their their sales through 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 Comicsology, and God knows, like there's gonna be a lot more stuff here as well. So and and man, it's like I've got so much more stuff to read here in it's like in print and in and on digital. That well, it's like I'm set for the re- for the rest of the month. If nothing else, John, um, I know this really isn't your um, it's like area of expertise after all, all I've talked about. But you know, any random thoughts about all this? So we can expect a what's on my Kindle too <laughs> in the future. 
I I still feel bad about uh, calling it calling it this, but you know that's but God knows if I if we run to a slow week where I'm not where I can't think of anything else to do, but um so yeah like fear it for the future I guess. And well, actually, so the other question would be like is, um, or would be is. You mentioned one title is like, hey, that's pretty good. Now, would you ever consider getting something in print format if it was that good and you just wanted to shelve it? You're like, wait, you know, okay, I bought this for five bucks or whatever, but you know what? I'd love to have a copy on my shelf. Uh, it, it would have to follow the, um, I guess, what is the phrase? What would be the phrasing for this? The, co- the converts of what I said for, for um, phonogram. Hmm. Basically, I, I bought, I rebought Phonogram in in digitally because because the single issues had extra content. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, if, right. If the uh, print version had a similar extra content, well, actually, that's coming. Kind of one, one thing I've been um, that's keeping me from buying um, James Robinson and um, Greg Hinkle's um, Airboy um, miniseries. So I've heard that you know they they ran into a lot of trouble with um, with um, with. Their, their with accusations of transphobia um, in the uh, in the um, pr- single in the um, print issues. So I would, um, but I've heard that they've gone and done some revisions for the uh, print version. So I guess that's something I would I would, I don't know if they've gone and um, re-edited the uh, the digital versions for that, but I'd probably um, save up and get the uh, digital version of the hardcover to um, see what they've done for the. The revisions they've done for that, so that's 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 the only exception I can think of off the, off the top of my head. Otherwise, you need some kind of like exclusive, um, you know, like a single it like single volume um content to, to get me to rebuy it. So yeah, so it'd have to have something that would make it worth it for you to do it. Absolutely, essentially what you're saying. Okay, cool. Well, all right. Do you know what you can talk about next week? <laughs> well, um, God help me. It's like I'm going to try to avoid doing a uh, What's on My Kindle 2 podcast, but I'll think, <laughs> I'll think of something, I swear. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. Later. Bye.